630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The best thing about that game is that it ended. Montreal in complete control from the opening faceoff. They beat the Edmonton Oilers 4 nothing. Courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Edmonton head coach Dave Tippett. Um, Dave, I'll just ask a general one and, and what you think happened to, to the group tonight. Uh, we didn't start very well. We didn't play very well and didn't end very well. That's about it. Did you sense or see this coming uh, in any way? Like, did you, what do you think? Was, was it energy or, you know, what do you think this was? Uh, uh, there's sometimes when your team just doesn't seem like they've got what they need to win. Tonight was one of those nights. Mark Spector, Sportsman. Okay, so you coached a long time. Like, is this one, you, is this a hill you die on, Dave, or do you just move on and say, my team didn't have it tonight and go to um, the next it, We didn't have it, but that's a good reset for us. There's been some things in our game that have been kind of uh, undercurrent, and uh, this trip was, you know, it, you look at it, we won the road three games in 10 days or whatever the hell it was. So it's uh, not ideal, but we go home now, we'll get a reset and get a good practice in and get ready for the weekend. Yeah, this was this was a rare time, even in, in your long career. No one's ever played three road games in 10 days, have they? I don't think so, especially when you don't start. The, the first one doesn't start till the seventh day. Jason Gregor, TSN 1260. Dave, it definitely was a weird time, especially when, you know, Adam Larson said it was long days, you sit in the hotel room. As the coach can you know the mental side of stuff like this it's an unheralded season hopefully it's you know it's never going to happen again but do you have to be even more aware of the of the mental makeup of your team now than maybe any other time as a coach we talk about it all the time because it's not just you know it's not as if uh you're going out and you can do team building things you're basically locked in the hotel you know so it's uh there's you're mindful of it for sure i mean you're you're trying to keep energy you're trying to you know um there's rest versus staying sharp and uh there's a lot of factors that come into it right now it's like you say this is not a regular time this is a different uh this is a whole different bird here that uh you know your every day is a new challenge you uh you switched up your lines uh, in the game obviously wasn't going the way you wanted um are those two your your top lines did you, you know do you see something there that you, you might want to try moving forward now you're just chasing anything tonight when you don't have it you're just trying to chase chase anything to see if you can find a little spark somewhere so we'll reset we'll take a day off tomorrow we'll get home get reset and we'll have a good practice on thursday and get ready for the games friday saturday Dave, you guys definitely faced some different stuff here over the last, you know, eight or nine games. How do you think your team overall did in dealing with everything that was thrown out of here? Uh, there's some good and some bad. You know, like I say, there's been some things that are boiling underneath here for a while that we got to get a handle on. And, uh, you know, this, this will give us a good time to reset here. And, 
you know, we go home. I mean, originally we were supposed to have a couple of days off going home. Now we'll have one day off, but uh, we'll still get some work done. We got two at home and then we're back on the road on Sunday. So we knew this is a tough part of the schedule. It just uh, it got thrown a little bit of a wrench in it with, uh, with the delays, but you just got to deal with it. You got you to find a way to push through it, and that's what we'll do. Jason Greger. Dave, I know it's it's a team game for sure, but you know, first goal, our first shot, a first goal again. It's a trend that's happened, uh, you know, quite a few times with Costin this year. How much of a concern is that for you? Well, the one tonight, it's it's uh, you might as well have an uncontested layup. The way we played that three on three, so it's uh, you know it is it is what it is. We put him in a tough spot tonight. All right, that's Dave Tippett after the Oilers are whipped 4 nothing by the Montreal Canadiens. Just an ugly game for the Oilers all around. They only had 16 shots on goal. Montreal had 32. Montreal's game-winning goal came 18 seconds into the game. Rob Brown and I, who we welcome to the show now, we're talking about it after each of the first two periods that we struggle to even find a grade-A scoring chance for the Oilers in this one. And Tippett's first comment was perhaps the best at summarizing the evening. We didn't start well, we didn't play well, and it didn't end well. (laughs) I was giggling as he was saying it too. Uh, And it's true. Um, This was probably the worst game the Oilers played all year. Um, they, They just didn't have it. I don't know. There's a number of reasons, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, over or underestimating your opponent, um, any of those but over the course of the year you have bad games all teams do and this was the other's bad game uh, because four nothing flattered them uh, if this game was seven nothing it would have flattered them the others had no chances they had one opportunity late in the game where leon hit connor back door and it just bounced off connor stick just a story of the way the game went uh, but they were this was the as easy a shutout as Carey Price has ever had in his career. It was just there was nothing for the Oilers tonight. And I think Dave Tippett said it best. We said, ah, just go home and regroup and refocus and get right at it. Now, I don't know if this is an excuse, but there's got to be mental fatigue when these players are on the road for that long in your hotel room. Like, seriously, there's got to be. And I know that, I think it was John Shannon brought it up, and I don't know if it was with you, Reed, earlier, a few weeks ago, when he talked about, I think it was... Was it Ottawa that was in town? And he talked about Ottawa had been, this was the end of their road trip. And that's when Ottawa had the really bad games in Edmonton. He said, mental fatigue. These players have been gone for so long. They're so close to going home and actually seeing someone, being able to be in the same room as someone other than uh, a teammate at a rink, that you wonder if that's part of it too. I'd love to see a study on teams that are playing the end of a road trip, what their record is, because it is an unprecedented type of year and road trips. The mental fatigue that comes in being in a hotel every day, all day long, boredom has to overcome you. So the goal scorers for the Canadians, Kotkaniemi, Lekkonen, Gallagher, and Tatar. The Oilers did put a puck past Carey Price. McDavid with about six minutes left in the second period. Montreal challenged for offside, no doubt about it. I even thought when they carried the puck in, Rob, that it might have been offside the way Pugliarvi was steaming in and tried to drag the leg at the last minute. So no doubt about that one. So Montreal wins it 4 nothing. The three stars selected uh, in the building tonight, Deneau, Tatar, and Byron, we give out the fourth star for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. 
casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at MrMike's.ca. I don't think we can give this to an, an oiler tonight. No. <laughs> well, so, if this... we do, it'd be pulling a name out of a hat. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a vacant fourth. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll give it to Nick. Nick's the first caller tonight. Nick, I'll try to send you one of my inside sports canned hams if we still have any in the warehouse back at 630 Chet. So you're the fourth star. You're our first caller. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, guys. How are you tonight after that bad uh, performance? <laughs> that, well, that you was, know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. You're good? Yeah, right, well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm you, glad you guys are good. I'm glad you guys are good. But uh, it's actually been on my mind for uh, a few weeks now, and I was thinking – you know, after tonight, I might as well give you guys a call and bring it up. But I really honestly think that it's time for Kenny to give these guys a call in Bakersfield. That line of Marodi, Benson, and McLeod, they're hot right now. The guys are playing. Rob, you can kind of attest to this. Maybe you can give us a little insight. But when they're playing that well, bring them up. Get them up for that seven-day quarantine. That third, fourth line's not doing too much for the Oilers. Fodham in the third line, and then on the fourth line, you can have Archibald, Cassian, and you could put whatever center you kind of want down there if you want to put Haas, if you want to put Kara for the, you know, just a big jam line. But that's pretty much all I'm going to say tonight. I mean, that would be huge if they brought those guys up. And then I think we only have uh, one other position in the top six that is going to be a revolving door for someone to take. But I think you don't even have to go out if you're Ken Holland and make a trade at the deadline. You got your guys for the deadline in Bakersfield. Bring them up, get that quarantine going, and it's going to be perfect for them, if you ask me. See, what, what do you guys think? Nick, I, I, don't, I understand what you're saying. I don't think they'll do that just because then they'll have to put other guys on waivers and then – you know, they they would potentially have to go to Bakersfield. I just think with the 29 guys they have here, including the taxi squad, that's that's going to be the that's going to be the team. And and I think they want those guys being the big dogs in Bakersfield and and being the guys to rely on in that team this year and and playing the first line minutes as opposed to being deep support players in Edmonton. That's why I. I don't. It would be cool to reward those players with some games, but that's why I I don't think it'll ultimately happen. Rob, well, I agree. It's it's not going to happen. It, it won't. Um, the a the the quarantine, the fact that they're going to have to sit in a hotel room or in a, for for a week or so by themselves, not not working out, not being on the ice. Then you got to get back into uh, playing shape. So it's going to be another two or three practices. So all of a sudden that hot line is going to go without a game for at least 10, 10 days. Uh, they're, they're not going to want to uh, have to send other guys down with the risk of losing somebody, because if this doesn't work out, bringing these guys up, if they're not what you expect, then all of a sudden you just lost somebody possibly by getting picked up, going through waivers, going down to the minors. Um, it, it's not, it's not going to happen. And, I can't honestly tell you what the guys are doing in the minors because I haven't seen a game. I do know that it's a completely different league. Guys that can score down there can't score in the National Hockey League because if they could, they'd probably be up here already. I do think that at some point you're going to see them, those three guys next year. Uh, I'm, not sure, I'm, not sure about Marodi, I'm not sure about Marodi. I'm well, not sure about Marodi, but the other two. Ben, the other Benson two, and McLeod. Ben, but even Benson, I mean, Benson's 23 now. I mean, the, the, the potential window is starting to close. Uh, I mean, if next year, if he's not playing for the Oilers next year, I'm not sure you're going to have a 24-year-old 
is a, a guy f- in, in, with potential to play up in the National Hockey League. Eventually, those are the guys that go over to Europe. So uh, I don't see them coming up this year at all, other than I don't know what the rules are at the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to change this year and allow more players because of everything has been weird so far. But, yeah, no, there, as much as it's an, an, it would be a nice story and you think that it could work out, they're not going to do it. 4 nothing Canadians over Oilers. Whenever the Oilers do score, it's a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers, as the Oilers are shut out for the third time this season. We are looking for someone to finish the play. What should we do, Rob? We had, we had somebody uh, who was a goalie last night. Um, how, about, how about someone from St. Albert? That's where you are, Rob. Someone from St. Oh, Albert to finish the play. From God's country, that is so yeah. nice. Okay, this so is the nice. only time I'm being nice to anybody in St. Albert. <laughs> <laughs> and Roberts, our next... hamlet on the outside of Edmonton. <laughs> Roberts, our next caller, but we got to get in a timeout first. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Final score, Montreal 4, Edmonton nothing. The Oilers' record drops to 22-14-1. Montreal is now 15-8-9. Wally texting in. He says, I listened to the game from start to finish and, of course, was not impressed. Well, I'm impressed by your endurance, Wally. Go and start to finish with that one. (laughs) He also says, but I think the best thing to happen was that it wasn't close at all. If they had... uh, if they had made it a one-goal game or let in an empty netter, then you could chalk it up under the there were tired or didn't have their legs categories. This game shows that the Oilers have a lot to work on to get ready for Calgary. Just my take. What do you guys think? Well, to me, it, it was a bad night. And when you when I look at the, the any team, I look at their body of work. I don't ever look at just one night. I don't look if Ottawa comes in and, and knocks off the Toronto Maple Leafs, which they have. I don't say, okay, Ottawa is good good hockey team. Uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers have played fantastic. They just took three out of four points against Toronto, which is right now the best team in the division. And then they had a bad game. Uh, I think it. I don't. You don't just throw away the tape. You you learn from it. You learn where you were not good. But there were a lot of areas that they were not good in tonight. But it also, to me, is it's a wake-up call that the Montreal Canadiens are trying to make this a, horror, a four-horse race. I mean, we've all been talking lately about Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton battling for first. One of those teams is going to have to play Montreal in the first round. And Montreal, they might be a little bit better than, than what we give them credit for. They're solid defensively. They don't have any stars up front, but they seem to can roll over they showed some stats there tonight that two of their guys are in the top four guys for goals per minutes played because they don't play a lot they don't have to they just roll four lines uh and they out battled and outplayed the others tonight and have a few games this year so uh to me it's i i I don't look a whole lot into this game simply because the body of work that the others others have put together over this last month has been very impressive they've played uh, some great games against Toronto. They beat Winnipeg a couple games. The Oilers are playing well. And this is just a, a, a bump, a speed bump. But to me, it's not one to jump off the cliff over because it was just a bad night. Teams have them, and the Oilers had one of those today. Well, that's what El Nate says on the text line. He says, this is a classic wash it game. Throw it out and move on. They're a good team and will bounce back this weekend. How about this, Rob? We got a text from Brian. 
in Papua New Guinea. It's always neat for us when we get uh, Oilers fans texting in from different parts of the world. We've had some people, uh, you know, from Asia, several parts of the United States, some people in the UK over the years. I don't think we've had someone from Papua New Guinea where I just checked. It is Wednesday at uh, noon hour. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And Brian says in, in future games that Koskinen is supposed to play, Tippett should start Smith until the opposing team has five shots and then put Koskinen in <laughs> like some baseball teams start a reliever. And then he has a little laughy face or give him a double shot of smelling salts before puck drop to make sure he is awake. He didn't get any help tonight. Well, he didn't get any, he didn't get any. I mean, the first shot was uh, what about a three footer from, a, from yeah. an uncovered guy. Well, as Dave Tippett said, it was a layup for the right. for the Montreal Canadian. That, that's funny. I, I actually I just went online to see where Papua New Guinea was. I knew it was somewhere way way over there. Uh, but good point. Um, the Oilers all needed some, uh, some smelling salts to start this game because it wasn't just the goaltender that was asleep early. Uh, the, the Oilers. I mean, this. I, there's no other way. This was a terrible hockey game for the Edmonton Oilers. There were oh, yeah, no like- bright spots. There was no bright spots. There's, uh, think of who the best Oiler was. I was there one. Think of uh, a great scoring chance that that Carey Price had to make a save on. There wasn't one of those. Think of a big save that Price or that uh, Koskinen made to to give his team a chance. Not a lot of those. It just was a bad game for the Oilers. One that you're glad is over with, and you can move on to the next set of games that the Oilers play. But the one thing too that it, I mean. Montreal's in tough. They're simply of, of trying to catch the, the teams ahead of them simply because of their schedule. But if you actually just looked at points and they had a normal schedule to finish, you would think, oh, wait, Montreal Canadiens do have a chance to move up in the standings. They've got games in hand. Uh, they're playing well. Their winning percentage is pretty good. Uh, they're they're a better team than I think are given credit for. And I, I would... I don't know if uh, Bergeron is done with his moves because they they made a move the other day. They he's all in. The Canadian all the Canadian teams that are in the playoffs are all in because they feel this is a year that they can move on into the final four, maybe do a little damage. Uh, Colton asking on the text line, and Colton, please let me know how the calf you named after me is doing. <laughs> uh, about the McDavid hit on Kotkaniemi in the first period. It was a penalty. It was the right call. It was a frustration penalty. He was not happy with what was going on. He took, uh, as, as we would say, a dumb penalty, and uh, the Oilers killed it. But that, I think that'd be the end of it. I don't, I don't think it'll be looked at. It's, it was just a, a two-minute penalty, and he served the two-minute penalty. Yeah, and I mean, there was, and, and when, I first saw, when I saw the initial replay, I was like, uh-oh, but then I watched it several times. He hits him with his shoulder, his follow-through, clips him in the face it's definitely an aggressive play i thought it was definitely a penalty um i mean alex chason got one game for blatantly cross-checking a guy in the face after the game was over <laughs> yeah so compared yeah. to that it was it was not at bad no no so. it, it that's the end of it it was just a two-minute penalty all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have I'm going to give Robert a name. He's one of our most regular callers. I'm going to call you Sir Robert from now on. Do you want to, I'm knighting you. Sir Robert, go ahead. All right. Well, I guess, I guess I'll take that anyway. Uh, how's it going, guys? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? I think, you know, you know, despite, despite losing 4 nothing, I mean, yeah, bad game. They sucked. But 
Koskinen wasn't great, but I mean, you know what? I think uh, I think we could. I look at this from a positivity standpoint because I go back to the Oilers of when we were when we were in Wall and Wall, and we all remember the what the decade of darkness was like when a lot of times in a game when they fell behind one or two nothing early, like like five minutes in, five minutes in years ago, down two nothing, the game was over. This is the this is the first time in a long time where I can honestly remember the Oilers being behind two nothing early and saying, Uh oh, I think that I think the game's over. I don't know what I don't know what you guys think about that, but and then I have a then I have a I have a thought on the goaltending does uh, does Stalock ever get a chance to play, or is it or or is it going to be based on if uh, Koskinen or Smith gets injured? I I personally think if he is healthy, and Bob and I actually Bob brought it up yesterday on our face-off show that at some point the Oilers are going to have to activate him. You know, if he's practicing, the league's going to say, okay, like he's on your roster, you can't just leave him inactive. I, I would think if he's if he's healthy. I think he will play. I mean, he, there's no doubt, Rob, the athlete wants to play. I mean, an athlete doesn't. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, sure it's, and a team doesn't pick up a guy. I mean, yes, he's an insurance policy, but you want to also know what you have. So I, I think if he's healthy and he's cleared, at some point he gets a game. Yeah, I'm not sold on that, honestly. Um, they needed a third goalie no matter what. They, they knew that they didn't have one that uh, they trusted. Uh, up until tonight, Koskinen has been excellent since Smith came back. So why would you play someone ahead of Koskinen? Uh, if I, I think the only way he's going to play is if uh, the goaltenders run into a couple bad games. I, I really, I mean, Smith's your starter. Uh, Koskinen has been excellent as a backup over the last stretch since Smith has come back. They showed his stats and his numbers. Uh, to me, yeah, I, I don't know unless there's an injury, why you would play him. I, I just don't. But, I mean, I've been wrong with the goalies before. I'd like to see him play. I would. I, I know that he's been a starter in the National Hockey League. He's got a good good resume. But Koskinen's your goalie next year again. you got to remember that as well. Well, but Staylock's under contract for next year too. I mean, I I, True. I, I, I really, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think he, he might get, I, I think he might get some action. But yeah, I we'll I, see. I mean, I, they, yeah, we'll see. I doubt it. I just, I mean, they could have had you will. They could have had Ken Dryden, Patrick Waugh, and George Vesna hmm. in goal tonight all at the same time, and they probably still would have lost. That's how poorly they played. <laughs> so, well, or they would have, or they would have tied zero zero because they yeah would have gone to a shootout zero zero. Yeah, exactly. Canadians win it four nothing. Uh, just complete domination by the Canadians tonight. Uh, do we have uh, who's who's our? Is this Ron for finish the play? Yes, it is. And are you from St. Albert? Well, I can see St. Albert from my front yard, just like like Palin can see Russia from her front yard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I didn't think that'd be the the reference, but that's a that's a good one, Ron. Did you did you actually want to comment on this game, or do you just want the contest? Well, you know, it's it just one of those games. It, it, you know, you get get out of your system. They're tired. Strange, strange year. I think it's just going to just one of those what games you got to get out of your system. Forget about it. Look forward. That's it. All right. We all we've all played those games. We all know what those are like. 
All right. So we are going to give you a Hungry Herd premium sampler box just for playing. Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices, Alberta owned and operated. And here is our highlight for the clue tonight. To Weber and it gets past him and Turris out of the box. He'll pick it up. He'll come in, shoots it off the outside of the post. Good opportunity there for Kyle Turris. Okay, Kyle Turris was drafted third overall in 2007 by what team? Was it Phoenix or Philadelphia? Phoenix. Absolutely it was. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Rob, I I joked to you after the first period that tourists did hit the post. I mean, it was... uh, it was an outside of the post, but you know, sometimes yeah. you'll say after we were game, searching. Well, it's just that, yeah. It, it, sometimes people will say, you know, you and me fans, whoever will say after a game, well, if the, if that one off the post just would have gone in, well, if that would have happened, it would have been five, one for Montreal after the first period. Cause they had, they, well, they had three posts, but Gallagher scored right after the third one, but they had two other, like, well, they had Weber almost in bar. Yeah. At about 100 miles an hour. I mean, if I'm Koskinen, I'm moving out of the way of that one. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a, a bad night. It was just, it was ugly. And ugly with a capital U tonight. Because the Oilers just did not have it tonight. And uh, now they get home and rest and, and try to regroup. And they still have some big games out of there. I mean, first place, uh, three weeks ago, first place was a, a distant thought when they lost three in a row to toronto at home now it's it's a real it's it's a reality they have a chance at it but they got to put together or continue to put together a nice little streak here and 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 go forward but forget about today they were just uh nobody can be satisfied with the way they played in tonight's game yeah but i mean you make a good point montreal sitting there thinking well what about us you know 39 Mm -hmm. points Uh, they're they're actually this actually drops edmonton to fourth in terms of points percentage just barely Montreal 609, Edmonton is 608, but Montreal's sitting there thinking, okay, we're, you know, we're eight points behind Toronto, but we have three games in hand and we got a little over the third of the season to go. Uh, and I know, you know, you make great points, tough schedule, but, you know, I think that that has to be a team's attitude. Teams have to have that why not us attitude when they're chasing something. So, well, you know, the, the, the race is still on. Oh, it is. and Montreal believes that too. Uh, well, they're only they're six points behind the others, but they have five games in hand. That's ten points in the bank. Uh, yeah. Now, the one, if this was a normal year where you're playing spaced out games, the Montreal Canadiens would have a real legitimate chance of catching the way they're playing and 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 catching the Oilers or Winnipeg or Toronto. the The schedule sucks, but the the other thing you got now is you do have extra players. You do have a taxi squad, and you're able to move players in and off. Was it Froelich today played for the first time in a year? in the game tonight for the Canadians. They got Stahl. He's coming in right away. They've got uh, two or three other players that are out. They're going to be getting players back. And the one thing that Montreal does have that will give them uh, a bit of belief is they got two quality goaltenders. So when they get in this long, tough stretch where they're playing, you know, three and four and then seven and nine or 10 or something like that, they do have two goaltenders that they can throw in there either night and feel equally confident in. So it's yeah, the Montreal Canadiens. You know, it's a longer shot because of the schedule and how tight it is. But they, I bet you, there is belief in that dressing room that they can claim one of the top three spots in this in this division and and maybe possibly get home ice in the first round of the playoffs. 
Four nothing. The Canadians take it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is our hotline. Courtesy Certain Teed Professional Grade Building Materials. We have Will standing by. Will, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Good evening, gentlemen. Good to hear from you. Uh, just um, the the effort tonight. I guess uh, it's one of those games. I guess um, you have uh, an opportunity, like the third and fourth lines. To carry the load, if you will, and it seemed like Koskinen, you know, he they let in the first goal, and from there it's it's an uphill battle. But if if the Oil scored the first one, I think it might be a different story or a closer game. Uh, but saying in saying that, I guess uh, that was an opportunity for the bottom two lines to step it up. I guess a uh, missed opportunity. Uh, but just one one final comment on Connor, like the coaching. Uh, in the past uh, little while, the the coaching, um, you know, I know when Connor's on a roll and they're flying and uh, he's clicking with with Dry or whoever, and the coach always pulls back, uh, kind of shortchanging him, and I guess in terms of uh, production and play, uh, points and that. And back in the day. Uh, you know, slats, it didn't matter what the score was. Gretzky was jumping over the boards and and uh, he kept the, the momentum going. He never let his uh, foot off the gas. And I wonder how, uh, just your thoughts on what that does to the team's overall uh, mindset, I guess. You know. Well, I'll, I'll just, I just want to clarify. Do you mean like when they're ahead? You know, like when, when they're, they're beating Calgary 7-1 and they start rolling the lines a little more? Is that, I assume that's what you mean? Yeah, and what that does to, you know, you, you kind of take your foot off the gas and what, what does that do to the team? Or do you think that's a positive or negative effect? But in saying that, you, you know, you lose that opportunity for, for records to be set, records to be broken, you know, that, that's hockey, right? So in saying so that... You don't, that you don't think Connor and Leon play enough, is that what you're saying? No, no, well, he's saying... Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm asking him, Reed. I'm asking him. Okay. You don't think they... Well, no, I think they, play, I think they play enough, but my, my point is uh, we have saw in the Gretzky era, you know, uh, Slats had a different coaching strategy. He never, you know, took it easy on, on a team out there, and that's why Gretzky has all the records. And when there's a record to be broken or some some teams have come close... Sometimes the coach maybe you know pulls on the reins a little too tight, I guess. But that's just okay. Uh, okay, yeah. we got to we got to we got to do the news. So give it give us two minutes, and then Rob will jump back on and answer that. The Oilers lose four nothing. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Okay, Oilers uh, really bad tonight. Lose four nothing to the Montreal Canadiens. We just had Will asking uh, Rob the way I understood it. Uh, you know, if the if the Oilers are ahead in a game, which clearly doesn't apply to this game, um, should Tippett cut the Stars' ice time in blowouts, or should he just keep rolling them out there? I mean, there was a game Drysdale had six assists, could have gone for seven to tie a record, stuff like that, uh, or, or 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 is he handling the ice time properly? Well, it sounded like he was saying that they should play their star players more when there's. That's how Gretzky and those guys got records because slots and games that were blowouts, he'd play Gretzky more. I, I don't know if that's true. I know that in the era that I played, which is uh, near the end of Gretzky's career, but uh, 
overlapped a bit that whenever we played in games that were blowouts, your star players usually sat at the end of the game and it was the third and fourth liners got double shifted. If you had a power play late in a hockey game and you were up by five, you sent out your, your third or fourth line. Uh, games got a little ugly at the end of uh, when one team was blowing out another and you kept your stars off the ice to keep them from getting injured. I know that what I've seen this year, and it's funny, I've talked with a few people in the press box about it. There was a game, I think it was Ottawa, where the Oilers were up by five or six, and they got a power play, one or two power plays in the third period, and they put their first unit out for both power plays. In my era, the, you, you didn't do that. You sent out your third line. You didn't send out your your, your top unit. And Tippett's done that a few times. And tonight, in this game, the Oilers were down by four. Late in the hockey game, they had no chance of coming back. And again, their first unit was on the ice. So I don't think there's many in the hockey world will think that Connor and Leon get shortchanged for ice. Uh, they are always near the top in forward ice in the National Hockey League. Uh, they play in... Uh, games when they when they've been when blowing teams out, they've been out there still. Now they don't double shift them, nor would anyone expect that to happen. But they've never been really benched or sat down. And I've talked to I know that Louie and I talked about it a few weeks ago. We were surprised that how much ice time both Connor and Leon got late in a hockey game where the game was out of hand. So I I don't see that. Uh, maybe that fan does. I don't see it. I think Connor and Leon. Uh, get more than ample amount of ice time, whether their Oilers are up by seven or eight or whether the Oilers like tonight were down by four. Other action on the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Predators have beaten the Stars 3-2 in overtime. The Bruins get by the Devils 5-4 in a shootout. Rangers over the Capitals 5-2. Blue Jackets win 3-1 at Tampa Bay. Panthers win on home ice 4-1 over the Red Wings. And Chicago beats Carolina 2-1. The Oilers farm team in action tonight after two periods. The Condors trail San Jose 3-2. NCAA basketball, Gonzaga unbeaten on the season. Going to the Final Four, they beat USC 85-66. Okay, speaking of Connor McDavid. Here he is, post-game, courtesy Mattress Superstore. A bit of an odd week and a half, I guess, for you guys. You were supposed to play all these games. It was supposed to be this crazy piece of scheduling, and it ended up not being. Um, overall, how do you think your team adjusted and dealt with the, the scheduling adversity that got thrown at you? Yeah, I mean, obviously not an ideal situation here. I mean, this has been one of the, the longest road trips I think I've ever been on, and it's... Uh, you know, we played three games, so, you know, lots of uh, sitting around doing nothing. Um, you know, but I think overall, I liked our two games in Toronto and uh, didn't like our one here tonight. So I guess you asked, the, you know, how we responded. I would say not bad, average, I would say. Rob Kuchkowski, Post Media. Hi, Connor. Uh, a lot was made of Montreal sort of having to sit around and, and uh, you know, wait for a week or so. But, I mean, you guys are playing back-to-back, your third and four, uh, maybe a bit of an emotional letdown after Toronto. Did that factor into a little bit of why things were maybe flat tonight? Uh, you never want to make excuses for your, yourself or your group. Um, you know, so I would say... Uh, I would say it's it's our jobs as, as as professionals and as a team that wants to be successful each and every night. I think you know that can't we can't hang our hat on that. With that being said, I mean so, you know we we were in that situation you know in Toronto where you're sitting off for a week and you know it's either you feel great or you 
feel like crap. So, um, you know, they obviously felt pretty good out there tonight. And, you know, you, you made mention of it earlier, this trip, three three games in 10 days, you got to double back to Montreal. It's just, you know, one of the, the weirder ones you're ever going to find. Just how good is it going to be for you guys to get back home finally and, and settle into some hopefully normalcy? I think we're home for like four days or five days and then we're right back here. So um, pretty, uh, pretty frustrating, but, um, you know, I mean, ultimately they had a COVID case and, and they got shut down. So what can we do? Um, you know, there's nothing we can do. All we can do is, uh, is adjust and uh, make sure we're ready. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. So let us in a little bit, like, uh, Everybody in the hockey world, Connor, was saying, oh, the Habs, there's no way they'll have their legs. They didn't play for a week. They had one practice, and they had great legs tonight. Uh, you were just saying, like, this, it goes one or two ways. Either you feel good or you feel bad. What's, is there any way to figure out, you know, what's going to happen or why it happens? <laughs> I mean, if, if I could answer that question, I mean, I'd be... A billionaire, I think. If you could figure out a way how you're, you know, how you're going to feel each and every night, um, especially coming after a, a, a break, I think, uh, you know, that's a that's a, an answer I think everyone's searching for. So um, you never really know how you're going to feel. You know, obviously they had lots of jump. They were excited. They had lots to play for. I think, um, you know, um, it's just one of those things. So grand scheme of things, you lose this game. It wasn't pretty. What happens now? You just you move on, and you got a big schedule ahead. Is there? Does this leave much of a dent? Well, I'm not sure what we can do. I mean, we could sit around and 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 pout about it for you know for a while, or or we can just get on with it. I think ultimately, you know, we're not happy with how how this happened. You know, we've we've already talked about how we're back here in five days, so um, you know, we'll get another crack at them. Jeff Shamal. Hi, Connor. You're a pretty emotional player. Um, I guess the emotion were pretty high uh, when that play against Katkeni and me and your goal was disallowed in, in the second period. How can you describe your feeling during that game? Uh, I didn't think anything of it. I, you know, it's just a normal night. Well, normal night. Uh, except the Oilers don't usually lose that bad. 4 nothing. Montreal in control uh, all the way. The next game is going to be Friday, Rob. Our adjustment of the game for the Oilers for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. I think we just say they need to adjust everything for Friday night. Is that <laughs> probably fair? Let's say they need some rest. That's their adjustment. They need some rest. They'll be better well, next game. All right, 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Adam Larson. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, thorough domination by the Montreal Canadiens tonight. It started with the first goal, 18 seconds into the first period, and they beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-zip. Carey Price with a 16-save shutout. That's right, the Oilers had 16 shots on goal tonight. That is it. Brad writes in, he says, I think the Oilers have deeper fundamental issues than we are afraid to admit. For three straight games, the McDavid line was seriously outplayed and are unable to defend against a pressuring opposing line. This weakness will only become more evident and more of a problem during playoff time. I do not think our team or its style of play is one that will have any playoff success. That is from Brad. 
780-496-0063. Well, I guess the only thing that we can say to that is I guess we're going to have to wait until the playoffs and see. Uh, I don't know if uh, I thought in game, there's two games against Toronto. The one game they outplayed, I thought the first game they dominated uh, Marner and, and Matthews. It was a second game that they weren't as good. No, the first game, the dry settle the McDavid line was very good. It was the second game they weren't as good. Uh, and tonight, they didn't play together as a line. Tonight tonight doesn't matter. Tonight, tonight's a wash. It was, it was, they were horrible. The whole team was horrible. Uh, the Oilers, uh, I think they got a good hockey club. I think they're uh, fairly close to Toronto, on par with Winnipeg. I, I think that... It comes down to uh, a bounce or a break or, or a big save uh, between those three teams interchange and play against each other. Um, I could find fault in the Oilers team. I can find fault in Winnipeg and Toronto as well. But I, I think that the where the Oilers are in the standings is no aberration. I think they deserve to be where they are. They're getting great goaltending. They got the top two scorers in the league. I mean, Connor and Leon are, I mean, Leon, I don't know what he is now, but he's in the plus 20s. Connor's in the, probably the plus teens now. So five on five, they're getting it done, and their power play's good. So uh, they, are they a perfect team? No. Are they capable of competing with Toronto and Winnipeg in a best-of-seven series? I believe so. I'm not saying they're going to win it. I say you're going to need some bounces and breaks, but I certainly think they can compete with both teams. We got Richard on the Certainty Hotline. Richard, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Good day, gentlemen. The ominous things are brewing undercurrents that Dave Tippett uh, mentioned. Do you think that had anything to do with tonight's loss? And if so, or if not, what do you think they would be? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, we should touch on the fact that he said, well, uh, uh, Tippett said there were some undercurrents in his game, in the game lately that he just, that, that he didn't like. So, you know, have there been some habits or tendencies you know, creeping in that the Oilers couldn't overcome tonight. But if so, what were they? Well, tonight it was everything. They were terrible on the forecheck. They were terrible in their own end. They didn't get a save. Their power play was awful. The, the penalty killing wasn't bad. I mean, we can go with that. If hey, we want to look for a positive. Uh, under, all coaches will say that, that there's things in the game that he wants to get better. He said it in Toronto the night that they lost the game in, in overtime. He said, when, were you satisfied? No, I think there's things that we can improve on. The, no coach is ever going to be satisfied with any game, win or loss. Uh, tr- the, do the Oilers have some warts in their game? Absolutely. Uh, at times they get hemmed in in their own end too long. Some nights, uh, the other night in the first period, they relied on Mike Smith to survive a period to get through. Uh, that game could have been over uh, as, as easily as this game was in the first period, but Toronto wasn't able to capitalize as many times because Smith was good. Um yeah, there's things they got to continue to improve on. I think uh, Lagason has had a little bit of a, a, a fallback the last couple of games. Hasn't been as strong as he had looked earlier. Um, Jesse Pugliarvi, I haven't really noticed him in, in a while now. And he's been on a line for the most part with Connor and Leon. Uh, Yamamoto, I thought he had one strong game out of the three, and the other two he wasn't as good. So there's... Uh, there, there are things that the others need to get better at, but uh, they put themselves in a pretty good position and they go home, get a little bit of rest before they have to start playing again. But uh, whatever undercurrents, uh, sometimes the coach just use words like that just to, to tell this team that, you know what, I'm not completely satisfied because all teams can get better. Yeah, and he made that comment the other after the other game uh, yesterday, actually, that, 
he said in the first period they were just kind of flipping the puck around. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I, I don't think they broke the puck out as well as they did in some other games. Now, part of that might be how the Leafs defend them, but I didn't feel they were as, as clean coming out of their own end on this road Well, trip. yeah, but having said that, they're playing Toronto. It's much easier to break out against Calgary and Ottawa and Vancouver because they're not as good. Toronto's a much better hockey club. It's funny, I saw some an article that said that the Oilers' record against the, the, the better teams in the division isn't as good as it is against the worst teams. Well, of course it isn't. The worst, the bad teams are bad for a reason because they don't win very often. So your your record's never going to, shouldn't be better against the better teams. So, yeah, I mean, the Oilers got warts. I, they are, they, I think their record is indicative of where they belong. Uh, if I look at the Winnipeg Jets team, I could pick apart their defense. Their, their bottom three, possibly four defense, aren't strong. That's how you beat Winnipeg, get the puck in, into their own zone. Their goaltender has to bail them out a whole lot. Uh, Wheeler hasn't played up to his potential this year. Going looking at Toronto, uh, Toronto's goaltending is going to be a question mark for them. Anderson's not healthy. Campbell's not healthy. They got a third or fourth string or whatever Hutchinson is for them. Uh, they're, I, I think they've got some good depth on their back end. Um, but they're a team that uh, is, is sometimes play, tries to play too pretty. And when they try to play too pretty and it doesn't go in the net, then they find themselves in a little bit of trouble. So all the teams have got warts. I think over the course of the year, the teams with the fewest warts are the teams that you see at the top of the standings, and I think that's where you see Edmonton right now. All right, Oilers lose 4-0 in Montreal. You'll hear from Adam Larson when we get back. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Canadians take it to the Oilers 4-0. Here's Oilers defenseman Adam Larson. Every team a few times a year, or was there something kind of that led up to it? No, I mean every team goes goes through it every year. Uh, I mean, I still think uh, we uh, we should respond a lot better than we did. But uh, I mean, lack of energy, whatever you want to call it, it's it's no excuse. I mean, we just have to play flat up better. Did and I'm I'm asking not telling, but did did you think it might have been easier than it was that you know the Canadians had been sitting for a for a week that they might have uh, been ripe for the picking and instead they kind of got off to a pretty fast start and surprised you? No, I mean we shouldn't have been surprised. I mean they've been sitting resting for I don't know how long, but we we expected a tough start, but. They get off to a really, really good start there with scoring a goal and a power play. So uh, we just have to have to be better in certain areas. Brandon Schaug, TSN. Adam, you guys have had nights where you know you've gotten behind in games. You've been able to to figure out the formula and claw your way back. On a night tonight when it doesn't happen. Um, what, what's the difference? Like, is it is it the feeling on the bench, the energy level? Is what's the difference on a night where you do find it versus tonight where you just never seem to grab it? You know what? I I believe we can come back in pretty much every game. It doesn't matter what the score is. We got so many players, high talent players that can score. So I we believe it to the last second. But some nights it doesn't happen. Tonight it didn't. And, but we we have a high belief in there. 
bizarre little run of scheduling here. Like Connor just said, it was one of the longest road trips that he can ever recall. And you played three games, which, I mean, I don't know if that's better than playing, you know, too many games, but how, how bizarre has the stretch been? I mean, it's been a long couple of days at the hotel. Uh, obviously, that wasn't the way we planned this trip, uh, but I mean, yeah, he's right. It's, it felt felt like a like a long time, but now we're we're up and running again. And I mean, it's no excuses, really. I mean, it, we expected a tough game today, a hard hard-working team they've been sitting resting for a long time so uh and i mean this this stuff happened throughout the year so it's nothing to get too riled up about all right so the oilers back home on friday and saturday and then they're in montreal again on monday but that next broadcast on friday 5 30 face-off show game at seven when they take on the calgary flames get more on this one a four nothing loss to the canadians on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great evening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.